Good morning. Ah. Thank God for another opportunity to stand before you and speak the word of God. Amen. Um, I do have a word for us this morning. And I uh, prepared for this word all week <laughs> for us all. But um, as Pastor Travis just said, let us remember that today is Palm Sunday. And um, thanking God for that, that the Lord came in on a donkey and they gave him the highest praise. Hosanna. Amen. Um, our sermon today something that we all deal with, that I have been dealing with. Um, it's, it's really uh, common, and it's uh, just simple. And it's from the Gospels, St. John. We'll be coming from St. John uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 14. And the topic, the title of this um, sermon is, The Word of God is Life. Amen. So. Um, with that being said, let us go to the Lord again in prayer, please. Gracious Father, we come in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for um, this atmosphere this morning. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for Pastor Travis. We thank you for this congregation that makes up this household of faith. We thank you for all that you're doing here in Haines Creek. We pray now that your Holy Spirit will use me, that he would lead and guide us in this service this morning. That, Father God, we'll be so carefully to give you the glory and honor as we do at all times. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Coming from 1 John. The word of God is life. First of all, the gospel of John, John paints a picture. He said, the gospel of John, John the son of Zebedee, tells us uh, the beloved disciple. That's who John, this John that I'm finna talk about is the love, um, I'm talking about Jesus, but we're going, John is the writer, the author of um, St. John. Of the Gospel of John, John, the son of Zebedee's, tells us that the beloved disciple, the author, and, and John focus more on the deity of Christ. In this book, along with the miracles of Christ, this is the same John at the Transfiguration and was there with Christ when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, and the author of Revelation. This John was so close to Christ, he was the one that when Christ was being crucified, he was on the cross, he looked down and released his mother to John. He said, son, behold your mother, mother, behold your son. You remember that? Um, so I'm going to read from uh, St. John 1, 1 through 14. If you have your Bible, you can turn there if you like and Follow along with me. Say, so in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him, through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the Son of God, even to them that believed on his name, which was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the only begotten, the glory of the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now John is directing this letter to believers. I'm reminded of a quote right quick before we get going here of um, we go over the word of God over and over and over again. You probably have heard this before. This sermon here uh, uh, speaking on just the word of God which gives life. This old pastor of mine his name was Kenneth Hagin Sr. out in Texas. I don't know if any of you remember him but I have quoted what this guy said. He would go to this church at all he had went to this church many times. And he, every time he'd go to this church, he would preach the same sermon. I've said this to my Sunday school uh, group in class. And um, this young fellow was there at his service every time he came down to preach. And he said, uh, after service was out, this particular service, after it was over, the young fellow went up to uh, Mr. Hagen and said, Pastor Hagen, say, uh, Every time you come here, I notice you preach the same sermon. <laughs> he said, well, uh, son, I want to ask you something. He said, what's that? He said, do you like chicken? He said, yeah, I love chicken. <laughs> he said, you like it fried? He said, yeah, I like it fried. He said, what about bake, ball? He said, I love chicken. He said, well, son, that's the way the word of God is. We got to eat this word constantly in the spirit over and over and over again. Amen. I just want to get that out there. That's a good little quote that I like what he said. One of the most important uh, titles of Christ in this uh, particular text that we're in this morning uh, is locos, which is the Greek word for the word. The idea behind this title embodied God's revelation of himself to humanity. Scholars debate whether John borrowed this term from the Greeks or the Jews. The term in Greek, there may be numerous philosophical implications in Hebrew. It may have referred to wisdom, Proverbs 5 and 8, or the law, Exodus chapter 20, I'm assuming. Probably Jesus called the word of God because the phrase occurred, occurs over 1,200 times in the Old Testament, to refer to the message of God. Jesus is the expression and communication of the word. He is both incarnate and inspired word of God. Illustration. When Jesus was on the mount after he had fasted, Satan uh, said this to him twice. Satan is twice recorded in Scripture as tempting someone on the first occasion. He questioned the the integrity of Christ, the word of God. The incarnate, Matthew 4, 3 and 6, those who questioned the, the, 
the validity of the scriptures today similar similar is questioned the integrity of Christ. That's that John 1 through 14 when he was made flesh. I'm sorry, flesh. <laughs> the term incarnation refers here to the miracles of God, the son becoming human, yet remaining God. John summarizes this miracle with expression. The word was made flesh. Throughout this sermon, there's a ton of scriptures that I could use to uh, express and to um, give accountability for this word that became um, the word of God that, that gives life. The first one is, how does, uh, I got a question for you. I got three. But the first question is, how does the word of God give life? Turn with me to um, 1 John 5, 11. If you're there, it reads, and this is the record that God has given, is the record that God has given to the eternal, to us eternal life and the son life. And this is, this life is in his son. I'm sorry, I'm reading from the um, standard, the regular King James, and it reads that way. Uh, your Bible might read a little different. But it's, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son, which is the word of Christ, the word that gives life, the incarnate word, the inspiring word of God. There's another scripture that I would like to use, um, 2 Timothy, um, how does the word of God give life? That's my question. How does the word of God give life? 1 John 5, 11, 2 Timothy 2, 15, and it quotes, you don't have to turn there. Um, wow. Study to show thyself to approve and not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth unto God as his workmanship. How does the word of God give life? The word is, the word of God is, once we meditate, I don't want to get ahead of myself because that's my third question. That's going to be on the third question that I'm uh, going to uh, express that and talk about that. Um, the Word of God does give life by studying the Word of God. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of the Lord, that you present your bodies to him holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. To, bring, to present your body to God as a living sacrifice. To seek him wholeheartedly. Psalms 119 says that, uh, 119.11, hide thee in my heart, O Lord. Which is that word that gives life. The word of God. James 1.21 says, let us put off all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls. The word of God is like a sword. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm going to quote this scripture again. 
The word of God is like a sword. It cuts me, coming out of me, when I'm speaking it, and cuts the person who it's intended for. Amen. That's why it says in Hebrews 11, 13, uh, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp and any two-edged sword. It's piercing of our joints and marrows, intents of the heart, and a designer of our thoughts. I wonder anyone know what's in our, um, our bones. What's in, what is marrows in your bones? Blood is dried up blood like in your bones. The blood of Christ get down in those bones. And we pray often for different things that we pray for um, health-wise. I believe this word of God, this word that gives life, and give light to every man that cometh into the world, as the scripture said. When you speak God's word in a situation that you're in, for example, if I'm sick and I got something that cancer that uh, is already in my mind, already made up, my granddad died from cancer, my cousin died from cancer, this cancer is going to consume me. And guess what? It is. If you if you constantly speak death on that word, then with, with the word of God, if you speak death or you're going to speak life, which is the word of God. If you speak death in that situation that you're in, then death can become you. Do that make sense to you? So I could take, still in with the word of God, I could take the scripture, uh, Psalms 103, uh, 102, verse 5. It says, um, not just to quote it, but I want to say this because this is what we're talking about, that how you get that word down in your spirit. It's like medication that you're taking. Um, the doctor prescribes you medication. Uh, you tell you to take these pills three times a day. We got to do the word of God the same way for whatever type illness this is that we're dealing with. Amen. I can take uh, Psalms 102, I think 103.5. Uh, let the word, what is it? I'm going to turn down. I'm going to turn down right quick. That's a uh, good scripture. Thank you, Psalm 102. Know what it says, forget not all his benefits, but the Lord will heal all my sickness and all my diseases. That's the scripture. Anyway, that's the scripture. It's in 105, uh, 103, 105, 3, I think. Uh, yeah, 105, 3. Everybody looking for it. I got it. <laughs> 1032, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not all his benefit, benefits, who forgive all thy iniquities, and who healeth all thy diseases. We look for scriptures to fit the situation that whatever I'm going through, I need to take that word, just as the doctor, just as the doctor prescribed for me to take this medication three times a day. I need to take the word of God, the same way. It don't have to be three times a day. Every time it come up in my spirit that I'm thinking this cancer and thinking about what it did to my relative, 
how it's going to consume me. I need to bring that word up in my spirit. Make me, it reminds me of Hezekiah when he turned to the wall and said, Lord, remember, Hezekiah came out of his soul, out of his heart. He said, Lord, after the prophet came and told him that this sickness you have is unto death, Hezekiah took God's word. I'm pretty sure he did. And he stood on that word. And that's what we have to do. That's healing. That's where healing comes from in the word of God. We got a prayer group. Mother Jean and Mother and uh, Dave, they constantly, she and my whole group, they constantly pray. And all of you do, I'm pretty sure, in your group. Our small group, we pray. And like the scriptures say about everything. And that's a good thing. But you got to apply the word of God to it. How does the word of God give life? It gives life when I speak life. And with that faith, what activate, activates God's life, um, God's word into one's life, a believer. The second question I have uh, is, is there life without the word of God? No. It's just like what I said uh, just a few seconds ago. You can go back to the beginning, Genesis 3, when God handed down the sentence to uh, Eve for disobedience um, to show you that the word is their life without the word of God. Not spiritual life, what we are talking about as believers. No, that's not. Without the word of God, we just dead spiritually. That's the same thing Satan said to her, Eve, that day in the garden. He said to her, um, well, she said first that uh, God said, if I eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil, I will die. He said, she surely die. He said, no, you will not die. He said, you'll be like God. And that's what that demonic spirit tells us. Anything that when we think it in our spirit, in our heart, to come against the word of God, he's going to come right back and counteract it with something to make it seem like that's not true. We know he's the great deceiver. So as believers, we know what to look for. That's why we're here today. We, we always, in the spirit of God, constantly looking, not looking for him, but we know his tactics. When he come, we notice him. So we got to do just like our Savior did as he showed us in Matthew 4 to, what did Jesus say when he was tempted? It is written. It got to be the word. That's the only way. And you don't have to just learn and quote scripture, but you can, uh, you can go to your Bible and find a scripture that you might need for that situation. I told you this is going to be a simple message, but it's something that we need all the time as believers. Um, so there's that. So there is their life without the word of God. No. There's no life without the word of God. Three, my third question and last question. And it's going to take us a while. How do I apply the word of God to my life? First of all, I think activate my faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We can go to Hebrews 11 and talk about, well, that's what I call, and a lot of the um, other Bible studiers call it the um, 
great faith chapter of all of God's patriarchs that he used um, to, uh, to um, teach us faith. Faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtain a good testimony that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That the word is again, that living word, Christ, that incarnate, that inspired word of God, the deity of God, the Christ, the Savior, who delivered us from anything that can come against us. So once that word gets down in your spirit, you can push out anything. But your faith is going to have to be activated. Once you activate your faith and stand on God's word, I don't care what, you're going to still do what the doctor said because God gave them the knowledge and wisdom to study about the human body. But you can put a little super on your natural, and that's what God does. He puts super on your natural. And when he put that super on your natural, the doctor come back and say, you know what, uh, Mr. Smith, uh, uh, we don't see no spot no, no more. And you just start praising God and start smiling. And they like, oh, you do got a reason to smile, but uh, what really happened? You know, you be praising God from deep within. You know what happened. Your church family praying. Everybody praying. There's several stories that you have read. I have read. And God, Jesus just get the victory from in that. There's so much sickness now and diseases now. And we turn completely to which we should, to the physician. But Jesus is the physician. He is that spiritual physician that heals from the inside out. Wow. James 1, 2. He said, let's not be hearer of the word, but let's do the word. So when these things come upon us, please don't waver in your faith. And it's easy for me to set up here Stand up here and tell you that today until this stuff actually happens to you. We got to be rooted and grounded in the Lord. We got to be rooted and grounded in the incarnate and inspired word of God, Jesus the Christ. That's what he came for. He said, you got a debit card, Willie, that came in the mail and you need money. You got money in your account. But the card, and I keep going and trying to get it to work. And Adrian, she's a banker. She says, baby, you got to activate the card first before you get it in money. That's the faith. We have to activate Jesus, the word in our life. Whatever situation we're going through, marriage problems, children's might be astray or doing things. We got to find something. We got to get God's word that gives life and that bringeth light to every man that, com- man that cometh into the world to bring our babies back. Bullying in school, all of that. Everything is here in this word. All we need is God's word. We do need the professional um, counseling and everything else that God has provided through professionalism, through professionalism in the earth that, we, that he has give, given these people the studies and they're professionals at it. Not saying that they're wrong, but ain't nothing wrong with you being a believer and continually adding some super on your natural. 
That's what I call it. That's the supernatural. That's when it go beyond man, when God has the last say. God has the last word. And you know, we do vice versa. We'll come to the hospital, call the family in and say, yeah, he's going to expire by 12 o'clock. But then we'll say, well, uh, the doctor's done all they could, so we're going to trust the Lord now. <laughs> now we trust in the Lord. We got to trust God from the beginning. Trusting God from the beginning of the situation, saying, well, you know what, Lord? Uh, if it's your will, then let your will be done in whosoever life it is or whatever this is to overtake and overcome them. Amen. I love Psalms 1. Only one, two, three. One through three. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of ungodly. You can't take counsel from ungodly people. Not to that degree when it comes to something serious like that. When you trust in your God, you believe in he's a personal Jesus. My Jesus. That's my Jesus right right now. That's my Jesus. And I'm going to hold on to my Jesus. That's all I have. If I can't work anymore, I can't do this anymore. This illness has overtaken me. But my Jesus, I have grabbed him and that's all I need. Blessed is the man who walks not in the council of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, in the word of God. He meditates in it day and night. Day and night. He meditates in God's word. And God used the illustration of a tree. He said, you got natural, um, he said, you, you know what a tree is in the natural. He used the elements of the earth to speak to us through it. He said, you take a tree and it's planted by water. He said, are the branches going to be weak or are they going to be strong? We standing by the word of God. We that tree. We are that, that tree. In the river is the word of God just flowing, giving them branches strength where we can stand. But we can stand throughout whatever article that we are facing, whatever situation that we are facing. We are standing on the word of God and trusting the Lord. There go to Hebrew 4.12 again. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing of our joints and marrows. It's intense of the heart and a discerner of our thoughts. Can you imagine anything, any book that you read besides the word of God that quickens you, that can discern your thoughts? Really change your thought. And, it's a, and it gives life to it. It's, it's quickening. It gives life to it. It's, it's kind of difficult. Let me say, I hate to mention this, but this is part of my testimony. When I was incarcerated, I was incarcerated in prison three times. First time, I was young. All the way through it, I was, I was young. I would read the New Gideon's Bible, the New Testament. I would read it every day. I want to show, share, share that with you to show you something. I would read that thing every day, day in and day out from Matthew to Revelation. And it took me, I think, I was 18 to 35 until I truly got saved and God 
uh, got me, but God uh, really, um, when I got saved and really just gave my life to Christ. But before that time, all through that time, it was preparation. But I want to share this. That I said that to say this, them little Gideon's Bible, I had one every time I would get incarcerated. I did know one thing. I knew to run to Jesus. I knew that I didn't want to be there and only somebody could help me was Jesus. I always knew that Jesus Christ was the only one could help me in whatever my situation was. I would read that little Bible every day. I got out of prison that first time and um, went right back to my old self. You know why? That's why this title is here today. The Word of God. Um, the Word of God is life. It really quickens you, quickens us, and gives us life. It's life. It really is life. But to me, it was just a book, what I'm trying to say. I would read it every day with just a regular book, like somebody wrote it them, themselves. But little that I knew that God was preparing me. He was still preparing me. He still had his hands on me. I'm not even supposed to be here from the things that I've suffered. I smoked crack cocaine. I smoked marijuana. I drank beer. I shot people. People shot me. I, um, whew. I wasn't, I wouldn't dare compare myself with Paul, but I was a little minute to Paul. I was really a wreck. I was a wreck. I was just like that song one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the council of the ungodly. I was that ungodly man that would try to give you counsel. But my name was popular to the world in the streets. My nickname was Boot Smith. Oh, there go Boot Smith. Look at him in all his glory. Had money, cars, property, all that stuff. It wasn't nothing until I start to live in Christ. But I said that to say this, I kept reading that word, them little Gideon's Bible, the second time I went to prison. The first time I wrote God a letter, my son was two years old, Quinata, my oldest son, who's 39 years old now, making me old, he'll be 40 in a few months. But anyway, <laughs> thank God for that. <laughs> he was my baby boy. And I, was, I didn't want any children, but in high school, I was so fast. I'm a little superstar in sports and all, and I thought I had already made it to the uh, NFL or the NBA or something. I thought I was already a little star. That's way Satan tricks you. And this, um, I, um, I was a wreck. I was a complete mess. But I tell you what, that second time I was incarcerated, I had another Legideon's Bible I would read front to back, front to back. Got out, I became a bigger drug dealer, um, selling a lot of drugs. So I'm still thinking in my mind, well, 
I ain't doing nothing to hurt no, nobody. <laughs> Don't realize you're killing people. But anyway, that's the second Bible I was reading all through my incarceration. God was preparing me and keeping me. So I get locked up again, incarcerated. This next time, I gave a guy some cigarettes for a Bible. The whole Bible. It was the old and the new. It wasn't the Gideon, just the new. I had that Bible, and I started reading it every day, reading that Bible every day, and reading it every day. Reading it every day. Until one day I went, and I got saved. I, I think I told you my, my testimony, but I went. This little girl, Sister Mary, she was a little Caucasian girl. She came to this prison, this private prison, and she was preaching the gospel. She had been delivered from crack and all this stuff, too. And she was speaking the word. The little girl was anointed. So she, uh, she was speaking this, this incarnate, this inspired word, of, inspired word of God. And uh, she uh, asked anyone want to be saved, come up. I came up, and I had did this many of times in the county jail. They were, all the pastors would say that. I would come up and go do the same thing, go through the same motions. But that day, I was feeling bad that day. I was in a broken state. I wasn't feeling good at all. I did not want to be bothered. Already incarcerated. So a friend of mine begged me to go to church. I went to church that day. When I got to church, um, when I got there, um, everything she preached about, it was like she was talking to, to me. You ever been like that before? It was like she was speaking to me. Like I was just there, me and her. And she said, if anybody want to be saved, come up. I don't even know to this day how my legs walked up there to that podium. But I walked up there in front of all these guys. And you know, in the world, men think men don't supposed to cry. That's what the world teaches. And all these things, I'm old, macho man. I grew up there and I broke, I was broken that, that day. She laid hands on me and it was different. It was different. She laid hands on me. It was warm. I felt something, and it was the Holy Ghost. She laid hands on, on me. I was so carnal-minded, I didn't understand it. That's when the scriptures say the carnal man does not understand the spiritual things of God. She laid hands on me. I received uh, Christ that day, and when she was saying, repeat after her, I felt the Lord go down in my mouth into my stomach. And I was saved that day. I knew without a doubt. All them times I had went up to the podium, I was not saved. That's why I tell people, oh, I confess my sins. I did the Romans 10 and 9. It specifically says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. They have to be together that day, in order to be saved. There was many times I went up and said, oh, the pastor, whoever would put their hands on me and repeat after me, yeah, I confess Jesus Christ to be my Lord. My mind was, my body was there with them, but my mind was on the other side of town. I was thinking about getting out of prison. I was thinking about nothing else. My heart was not in a broken state. I was not in no state that, that um, in a broken state. I was in a state of just, um, I'm just going to confess this and that's it. My heart was not with it. 
I was not saved. That day, I got saved. A few days after that, I'd be sitting around me and some guys. I, I just started reading a lot. And the more I would read, the more I would study. Them other times in prison with the Legillian's Bible, it was no longer a book to me. I got up one morning, the Holy Spirit say, uh, don't pray in front of your locker. Go in the bathroom and pray. I went in the bathroom to pray. When I began to pray, um, the, the, Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit was talking to me, told me to let the thing down. I was in this private prison. No one didn't work, so everyone just slept all, all day. So in Alamo, Georgia. So I went in there and, and started praying. I was determined to pray for an hour. I used to pray 24 hours a day, every day, all day. I used to wear out long john pants. I would pray everywhere about everything. That day I was praying, and the Holy Spirit said, uh, uh, well, he took, just took over my, my body. I started praying, and all the stuff I had been reading since I got saved through that little girl, it started coming back to, to me, and I didn't know where it was coming from. I'm like, how am I doing this? It was the Holy Spirit. He took control of my body. It was like a dish rag. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's what that means. I soon found that out. And I was uh, just praying. Da, 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 da. He finally let me win. And it was an hour and about five minutes. And I got ready to go back to my bunk. A little guy named Doc, he said, hey, Willie. He said, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I went back to my bunk. I had a little mirror in my locker. I'm like, what just happened to me? The word was, it was living. I said, what happened to, to me? It was different. And when I looked in the mirror and I said that, the Holy Spirit said, you ain't through, go back in now. I went back in the bathroom. People, when I began to go in that spot, they got real hot. I started crying and hollering out loud, uncontrollably. And I, in my mind, I said, they gonna hit me. I don't want them to hit me. I didn't care. I felt like a million pounds had lifted off of me. When I got through crying, one of my friends used to study with me. He was asleep. I went to his bunk. I left out there. I said, Ryan, wake up. I said, wake up. He said, what's wrong? I said, man, God in there. I said, he real. I said, he, he real. I was spooked. All I could say was he was real. Right after that, um, I used to lay down and listen to Mr. Kenneth Hagen, some of his tapes a guy had gave me. And I would listen to him. His mom used to send them to him, a little white guy. And... Um, I would listen to him and meditate. By the time I laid on my bunk, the Holy Spirit said, no. Said, uh, sit up. I sit up on my bunk. Jesus Christ came across the room. He was just like that. And I was like in a shock. I'm looking and I saw, say, uh, he, uh, he, he dead. The Holy Spirit said, no, say he lives. Then he started moving his head. By that time, I was right there by the cross. I was right there. I saw he right here by me. Oh, he right here by me. Every hell, my body was standing up. And he, that's what happened to me. And when he, every hell, my body stood up. And all of a sudden, he just breathed on me. And he went away. People, I sat down on my bunk that day for eight working hours. I was in another world. I said, Lord, what just happened to me? Oh. Then I picked the Bible up, 
And I went to Psalms 118, verse 1. I think it was that one. This is the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemy your footstool. Verse 10, uh, 110, verse 1. And when it said that, it quickened me. It, the word was alive. I throwed the Bible down. I said, come on, what was that? I said that to myself. I understood it just like that. God said to Jesus, sit at my right hand till I make flesh your enemy, your footstool. That's what he said to me. It gave me revelation just like that. And I'd never done that before. I had been incarcerated three times. The first two times were those Legideon Bibles. It was just a book. It was just a book. But when the word did the Hebrews 4.13, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharpening two heads far, it quickened me. And I came alive. This topic, the word of God is life. I came alive that day. And I've been living ever since. I've been running for Christ ever since. And I'm excited about it. I don't care about telling this testimony all over the world, about being incarcerated, being the lowest scum on earth at that time. I'm, I'm free. I'm excited. I'm even excited about what God is doing in your life, what God is doing in Haines, at Haines Creek now, at our church. And I thank you for allowing me to go over our time to tell you about how this living word just inspires us. And it's so alive. It's so refreshing. And God gives you revelation. In some scriptures you might read, the more you study to show yourself to approve, he gives you revelation until he will make you run a mile. You will throw that Bible down and take off running. You don't need nothing but this. I tell you, if you read it enough and just dive into it and just give him all your heart and say, Lord, I, want, I really want to know you. I think in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace into your heart unto the Lord. When Johnny get up here and sing sometime through the day, them spiritual songs will rejoice in my spirit. They lift me up through the day. It's like they do you. That's that word that's given life. But see, the word in those songs, which gives us that life, that picks that dead mortal body up, dealing with all these mortal um, physical problems, and it you're free at that moment. You're free. You in Christ, just he marinades in you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching that modishing one another in psalms and hymns. The psalms, P-S-A-L-M-S, did I spell it right? Psalms, be in psalms, S-O-N-G-S, with the word of God. You just praising him, lifting him up. I am his court with praise and worship. You just enjoying the Lord. That's the inspiring word of God. That's the incarnate. I love that, the way he put that. That's the incarnate in, our, in the incarnation, incarnation of Christ, which is the deity, the humanity of God that manifests itself into you and I every day when we are in God's word. Wow. I pray that that blessed some, some, somebody this morning. It was simple. And I did a little stuttering 
I'm about like Moses. So uh, I got an Aaron. Ken going to be my Aaron. He'll speak for me. Amen. But um, I believe that we got that. I really do. I believe that we got that. And that was right on time. Oh, today, my brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is alive and well in us and sitting at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews 6.13 said the Lord, Hebrews 6.13 said, blessing he would bless Abraham with, but he could find no one other than himself, greater than himself, to swear by. I figured that the revelation that God gave me, he found him, uh, he found him a virgin, Mary, and didn't break his own law. No man can enter the world without coming through the womb of a woman. But he's the Lord. He's God. He's omniscient in all his ways. So what he did, he said, blessings I bless Abraham with the forefather. That his descendant would be as the stars of the sky, many as that, and the sands of the sea. Sure. He said, but all, I, all Abraham did was believe me. That's all he did. He just believed in God. He said, but I could find no one greater other than myself to swear by. He said, so I found me a virgin and her name is Mary, and I birthed myself through the world in her, in that flesh, and I became the God-man, the deity of Christ. That flesh. Hmm. So he came into the earth without breaking his own law. No man can enter the world without coming through the womb of a woman. He birthed himself here. And here he is, and you and I, that word. He said, in closing, whatever I bound on earth should be, whatever I bound in heaven on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth should be loose in heaven. How does that happen? The word of God is in me, which is to incarnate the inspired word of God, Jesus Christ, sitting at the right hand, and he's in me on earth. So I can speak that word to God by healing or whatever my situation is. I can speak God's word that is written like he told Satan in Matthew 4, when he was being tempted, he said, it's written. He said, speak what came from me, put that back on me. Put on me what came from me. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God by no means shall never pass away. It ain't going to pass away. My words, that I might put it, it's going to pass away. But these words, they're going to stand for eons. I don't even say forever, for eons. Praise the Lord. Thank you, you're a wonderful crowd. Thank you all for listening. And thank you for just being a great audience. And thank you every Sunday for um, that I can see you all and just rejoice. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. That's all I am.